Hey guys, welcome to episode three of Inside Anna's Mind. I'm really happy to be here today. Yeah, the first two episodes have gone great. I am continuing from the last two episodes. So I've talked about my childhood, my upbringing, teenagehood, toxic relationships, everything up until this point of my life. So if you want some background information, maybe listen to those first. But today we're going to be talking about the start of Anna Archer Fitness and really where my eating disorder escalated and then going into recovery. And yeah, we're going to go into a lot of detail in this session. I was thinking about how I wanted to go about it. You know, I don't normally plan my sessions, but in the last episode, I really felt that my head was like scrambled eggs and it made me feel like I didn't do a good enough job when really, you know, the response from it afterwards and also at the end of the editing session, I was like, no, this is great. But just because my head was all over the place, it kind of brought me down. So today, just to make sure that I cover everything that I want to cover, I've written out a load of questions that you guys gave me from my Instagram. So I'm going to start with, you know, a little bit of intro, but then really hop into these questions because I feel like they're going to touch on all bases and it's going to almost trigger me to talk about things in more detail. So August 1st, 2020, I started Anna Archer Fitness. Yeah, I just made the account. I just came back from a holiday from my two friends. I broke up with my boy ex-boyfriend the day before. And I made the account and I just posted like, you know, those typical transformation photos with like one body on one side and then after the transformation, you know, the other body. And at the same time, I started my TikTok account, which I basically used both of them together. And that's how essentially my accounts grew quite a bit because I was posting TikToks that went viral and then it went to a specific niche audience, which led it onto my Instagram and, you know, most of these, I'm going to say audience, but like, I don't want to speak in those terms. At that time, it was girls that wanted to lose weight because they were the videos that I were putting out or even maybe didn't want to lose weight, but just into fitness, whatever, you know, anorexia fitness. I had lost a lot of weight in a very short amount of time just before I started my fitness account. About the two months before that, I was on this extreme losing weight period. And then when I finally felt that I had lost like enough weight or not even enough yet but I thought okay I've lost a considerable amount I started my fitness account which I can tell you now do not wait until you think you have a desired body to start a fitness account or people always DM me saying like oh I, I, I'm i gonna start my fitness account when I look like this or whatever and it's like you do realize the last thing people are interested in is how you look like People want information, people want advice, people want support. Just because you have a good body doesn't mean that you can create content to help people. Like the main thing is to help people. So I'd lost a majority of my weight before the fitness account, started my fitness account and basically went from there. If you were around in that period, yeah, I was, to be fair, I'm struggling right now to even describe how I was in this period. I would say the month of August, I was on a weight loss high. I had finally lost a lot of weight. You know, it was summer, I was tanned, I was feeling good. You know, it was that, oh my gosh, clothes are baggy on me now. I get to wear the smallest size possible in the shops. It was that weight loss high. Now, let me just tell you, as I've said several times before, this weight loss high does not last. In fact, when it goes, you actually feel worse than you ever did. And if anything, it made my recovery harder because... When you go to such a low weight, you then think that is the weight you should always strive for and anything more is unacceptable. But the fact is that I lost weight that I should never have lost. Also don't have to physically lose weight to have an eating disorder. 
little disclaimer, it's all about your mind. So when I reached this low weight, the months after that and whatever, I always compared myself to my lowest possible weight. Like that was the the set number. And I know this can be really hard, but I really had to say when I was in my recovery period, this was weight that I should have never lost. That was a body that I should have never reached. So I'm not gonna compare my present body to this period. So the first question of today's podcast is, did success influence your eating disorder? So I had amassed quite a few followers on different platforms very quickly into starting my account. And within four months of starting, I got like a million on TikTok, 150,000 on Instagram, and about 100,000 on YouTube. Now, did it influence me? Well, I was already influenced, right? I already lost the weight, but I definitely had a reinforcement that I looked better than I used to look. The amount of compliments I was given was insane, but it's such a difficult thing. When someone has lost weight, do you congratulate them? I personally don't like to. So let's say as being the fitness friend out of my friendships, I would tend to be sent, let's say, pictures of like, oh, look, I've went to the gym, I gained muscle or whatever, you know. And it's great because I'm there to encourage them because we all love to get into the gym and stuff because that's what friends do, right? Encourage healthy behaviors. But the only thing is, is I almost have to guess, am I congratulating this person because I've done it in a healthy way or am I further reinforcing in their own mind that they look better than they used to look and that it's in a very unhealthy way? So what I try to do is I actually always open up to the friend and I go, I'm happy if you're happy, if you're actually mentally happy if you feel satisfied, if you are doing everything in a healthy way. And then I say, and I'm completely here if you're not. And I say to them, I only wanna encourage you if you know personally you are doing it in the right way. And several times they've come back to me and said, wow, no, I'm not, and thank you, and I needed that. So maybe that's a little phrase that you use to your friends saying, hey, I wanna encourage you to feel your best but I'm also your friend and I wanna look out for you. And I'm gonna be happy for you if you are genuinely happy. So if you are and you're doing this all in a healthy way, amazing. But if there's a little part of you that knows you are doing it with the wrong intentions and that you just don't like your body and that you just need to change and whatever, then I'm here to talk whenever you want. And let me recommend you to a few people, whether that's another friend that you know has struggled or a therapist or whatever. So that would maybe be my advice. You know, talking about did it influence me with my success, I opened the doors for people to compliment me. I would post transformational TikToks before and after so people could compliment me. In fact, I think it was when I was, you know, when I was in my weight loss high, yeah, I posted them because I just thought, oh, wow, this is cool. I finally lost weight. Then when it came to the October, November, December time where the weight loss high had ran out and now I'm actually just stuck with these really you know, awful thoughts that I'm never good enough and whatever. But again, still in denial that I had any sort of eating disorder. I just felt off, right? Now reflecting on it, I'd post the transformation videos in order to gain some sort of approval and congratulations from the people around me just to confirm that I'm better now or that I can keep going or that my old body was bad or whatever. Yeah, so did it influence me? No. Did it hinder me? Yes, but did I hinder other people? Most likely, in fact, I know. And I got a question saying, do you regret posting the harmful content? And when I read that, I was like, oh, hits the heart slightly, but it's true. I was posting harmful content. I was posting how to lose weight. 
And it is harmful because, you know, we need carbs, we need fats. And I portrayed a very diet culture lifestyle. And I talked about this in my last podcast. Although I'm immensely sorry for the people that I hurt, triggered, or influenced to lose weight, I have to hold space between us and say, you are predetermined to have an eating disorder because it's a mental issue. Yes, I may have given you some behaviors that helped you lose weight or get more into your head because again, you don't have to lose weight to actually have an eating disorder, but I can't say that it is my fault. I don't know how to describe this and it's come after a lot of reflection. I was supposed to go through this period. We all are, we are all supposed to go through periods of our life. So. Do I regret? No, because I don't regret anything and maybe I wouldn't be here now. You know, it was a one in a million chance that I went through my eating disorder online. Most people that go through eating disorders and most people that are messaging me in my DMs and stuff, they are just people who are going through day-to-day life that go through it in their lives and they're going through it with, you know, struggles with their mom, struggles with their dad, their family and their friends which is enough already, that is major. And I'm not saying that I am any more worthy of more sympathy or whatever, not at all. It was just a different situation. I went through it with literally hundreds and thousands of people watching me. And I was completely unaware and naive that I was struggling at the beginning. And what I've learned now obviously is anyone that has been through an eating disorder can pick up eating disorder behaviors like there is no tomorrow. You can be with a group of people and you can notice straight away whether, you know, there's that line of like, okay, they've just been taught diet culture, but then there's other things of like, I know you're doing this on purpose. And yeah, that's a whole nother conversation. But because I had no idea, I was putting things out that I had no idea were triggering, that were eating sort of behaviors. You know, I just thought I was just some fitness girl that was showing people how you actually lose weight. But I know for a fact that anyone who did struggle with an eating disorder and saw my account at that time would have been like, this girl needs to be checked into like a mental hospital. Like sometimes I do see fitness influencers that are still out there that are so into this place of like, and I'm talking like calorie counting, weighing yourself a lot, diet foods, lowest calorie meals, all this stuff, extreme, extreme volume eating. You know what I actually come to say? And this is, I think what people need to start doing looking at them and go, not with this hate, not with this anger, but go, you are going through your stuff. Because I think in the period where people reached out to me, whether that was now and then an influencer would go, who is this girl, what is she doing? Or whether that would be an average girl saying, oh my gosh, this girl's so bad, like her mindset is so bad. Those comments, I would just delete. Because I was just like, no, what? no, I'm getting 99,000 other messages that I'm doing great, so surely they're wrong. But if you have a friend or you know someone that has an eating disorder, the most you can do is be support. You cannot physically help them to get out because it is in their path to have one and to struggle and to get out of it. I have one special girl. If you're listening to this, I'm sending lots of love to you. Very close. And she is going through rock bottom eating disorder. Every eating disorder is bad, but but she is really, really down there, really low, all the symptoms, all everything. And there was a good month or maybe several months where I couldn't bring myself to be there for her because I got myself in so much of a twist why I was like, I'm posting stuff. I'm, I'm telling everyone it's okay that, you know, it's okay to gain weight, yet someone so close to me is going through this so recently 
And I felt so bad that I could not help her get out of this place. Like I didn't know what to do. And then there was one night where I had this realization because I was journaling and I realized I can't physically help her get out of it. She's got so much to learn in her own little world and she is going through so much and this is part of her life. However, I can love her. I can support her. I can tell her stories. I can be relatable to her. I can call her and let her talk about everything she's going through, whether that's something she hasn't told her mum, whether she skipped a meal, whether she's done this or whatever. I will talk to her and I will get her down to a position where she's actually talking about her feelings and emotions because that is what it's all about. An eating disorder is not just an issue with your body. It's an, it's, it's an issue with your mind. And I'm going to straight up say that to every single eating disorder or disordered eating. It's your perception of yourself and that you don't think that you're good enough. And yes, the physical symptoms are key in terms of, you know, weight gain and eating foods that you've never eaten before. But there's so much more to weight gain. There's emotional processing that we need to go through. Because there is a reason why you're here. You know, whether you're physically in the disorder, whether you are listening because you're just on my channel and maybe you know someone or maybe just to open up your mind. But you're in this position because you have gone through hard stuff. And I remember, I'm just skipping right to the end. I was in the Caribbean on holiday and it was like five months into my social media account and I shut down and I broke down and I called Gymshark and I, and I called my parents and I go there's something going on and I need help and they got me a therapist an eating disorder specialist Renee McGregor and we were on a call and I was expecting her to tell me you know we're going to do this this and this to help you gain weight and we you're going to eat this and that was the support I thought I needed and 15 minutes in of me explaining what I've been going through, she said to me, you don't need a meal plan, you need therapy, you have trauma. And she said it in a very loving way, but she was like, you have trauma, you're holding on to trauma, which is why you're going through this. And that's when I started my therapy path. And that's a whole nother subject, which we are going to come back on to. In terms of comments from the people around me, I really, I wouldn't say I had the most, because I already had this persona of all throughout school, all throughout my life I was the gym girl anyways I was an active girl who knew a lot I knew a lot about science I knew a lot about the actual anatomy of the body I generally loved PE as a subject I got like a star and a level like I was just I literally knew every fact in the book I loved it so people already knew that about me and that is part of me I love it I love nutrition I love working out I love it all I especially love nutrition actually but what happened was is behind the scenes I had gone into this disordered way of thinking about nutrition. I suddenly didn't care that carbs were good for you in terms of fuel, but I cared that, you know, what made you lose weight and how could you lose weight and the foods that you had to eat. And I studied the calories of food. I knew every calorie of food. I knew the scale of the most calorific foods, the least calorific foods. And that is actually how my account grew because I was making these recipes that people have never heard to have so low calories people would be like how on earth did you just make a burger have like under however many calories like I don't want to say number of calories but that is what my account was I almost I don't know if I started I don't think I started the trend of that but like the low calorie meals that was back in 2020 I was making these like scientifically low calorie meals so the people around me didn't really question me they just thought oh Okay, Anna's shaped up more, well, shaped up, like lost a lot of weight, 
more ripped, more defined. This is just, you know, what she's doing. She's a fitness girl anyways. My mum had probably a couple of points. I think there was a point at maybe at the end of August, so a month into my account, she was like, Anna, you're you're looking a bit you're looking a bit skinny. And then I just screamed at her. You know, I think I screamed at her because I still had in my head that I needed to lose more weight and I did not think I was skinny yet. So for her to tell me that she thought I looked skinny already and that she was potentially worried about me, I was like, what am I gonna do when I've actually got to lose a couple more kilos? Even though I didn't have to and I and I very much didn't need to. In my head, I was like, I've got so much more to go and you're telling me I've got to stop now, that I've got to put on weight now. I was like, nah, not happening. Between me and my mom's relationship, I've always like, I say known the best in terms of I think I know the best. So again, my mom was just like, right, this is Anna again, she knows best, like I'm just gonna leave her. I think another thing was because I didn't go to this extreme anorexic stereotype that people essentially, I say, weren't worried and even me, I wasn't worried. Now looking back, there's definitely things I'm like, oh my God, okay, you can see your bones, you can see muscles, whatever, maybe you shouldn't see, but I had more muscle than the average anorexic. So people weren't really thinking that I was essentially ill, ill, but again, it is your mind. And at the beginning of recovery, I had this time where I was really struggling. Cause I was like, I have gained like 20 kilos, looked bigger than I've ever looked before. Yeah, am I still valid for being upset? And I was like, I haven't recovered from my eating disorder. It's literally like one month in, just because I've gained a load of weight doesn't mean I've recovered. And then I was thinking, wait, are people around me gonna think I'm okay now? Are people around me just gonna not think that I'm unwell? Because, well, I've, I've never really said this before. I think the people that strive to get really, really skinny, and that's me as well, want to do it so people can see how much they're hurting on the inside, right? Because we physically can't show how much we're hurting in the inside, but if we are, looking unhealthy, like really malnourished and whatever, maybe people will go, oh wow, she's really struggling. We need to be really kind to her. We need to do this and that and get that attention that maybe we haven't received before. I'm gonna have a water break. So if you need to hydrate, please drink a cup of water. Did I lose friends during this weight loss period? Yes. I lost one of my best friends um, just before I went on this girl's holiday and broke up with my boyfriend and started my fitness account. I had lost one of my girl best friends. We were in secondary school together, but we had become like best friends soulmates, I would say in sixth form, when we were just in all our subjects together and she had so much support for me, just in terms of me feeling depressed. She would come around and tidy my room when I was so low in my you know, grieving period for my dad she would come around and just tidy my room up because I would be so stressed out. My room was a pit. She would help me organize my maths notes, my chemistry notes, tell me what things I need to do, help me out. And I lost her because I think I lost part of myself. As I was losing more and more weight, I was becoming less Anna and more foods, calorie, exercise, and silence. Because the foods, calorie, and exercise was what was going on in my head. And then when you're put in a situation of being with friends, I would be quite silent or I would contribute less to the conversation because I had less to say because the only things that were going on in my head were foods, calories and exercise. So I had almost no room for conversation. Now, this isn't essentially what broke us apart. What broke us apart was, to be fair, I haven't got it completely sussed out, but at the time she was getting a little worried for me 
And I didn't want any of that because I hadn't even, you know, this was like right at the beginning of me losing weight. Like I'd started losing a tiny bit of weight. And at the time I did not want that support. Anyone who got in my way of me losing weight, I'd be like, move out my way because I've got one clear direct goal. We were both putting in less effort to talk to each other because I was busy with literally exercising and cooking foods and whatever. And she was doing her stuff. And I didn't make any effort to be like, can we hang or whatever. And we lost contact. I think we got in an argument through another friend. Our friendship was completely over. And do you wanna know when our friendship got back together? When I went into recovery. We found each other again. I messaged her, I called her and I was like, I lost you because I was in a place and I got mad at you for being worried. And I am so, so sorry, but I want you in this place. And if I didn't say those exact words, that is what I was feeling. She was one of the friends that saw me once I had started seeing people in my recovery. There was a period where I did not let anyone see me. My best friend, Lydia, had to, I remember I came back from Aruba and I completely turned my phone off. Like I put it in a cupboard. I didn't want anyone to contact me. If I went on a walk outside, I would have to have my hoodie up and like glasses on because I was so ashamed of the weight that I had put on. I was, it was so quickly and I was so still into like the deeps of my eating disorder. So just the fact that I put on 20 kilos made no difference of my brain and my image of my body. I was just now in a body that I hated even more. It was really hard at the beginning. And I didn't want anyone to see me. None of my friends, not even my best friends. And my friend Lydia came to my door, knocked on my door. Obviously I just thought it was the postman. I walked down and she was there and I was like, (gasps) I felt like so much anxiety. I was like, oh my God, like someone saw me with like weight gain. Basically said, she was like, I wanna be here for you and you don't get a choice and I'm gonna come see you weekly. And she came maybe every couple of days. We would go on a walk or we would chill my room. And she was, yeah, she's honestly, I I have about five very close best friends and they all know how important they are to me. And they've all helped me in very different ways. Going back to my friend who I'd originally lost our friendship, we are now so close and in fact, I am now helping her because she is now struggling. So it's actually very rewarding to know that when you come out of an eating disorder, that not only you are helping yourself, when you go into a recovered position, you are then gonna be able to help other girls and other guys and other people to come out of it themselves. I am genuinely now messaging her, telling the reasons why you know, she shouldn't get stuck into these cycles or mindsets. And I'm just very honest with her that I'm aware of what she's going through, yet, I'm just here if she needs me. I get this question quite a lot and it's, when did I realize I had an eating disorder? And being completely genuine, it was when I went to Aruba. It was January the 1st was when I realized I had an eating disorder. So from August 1st to January 1st, I was in complete denial, not even just complete denial, but no clue, no clue that it was an eating disorder. I just thought, right, I'm not anorexic, so, That's that. Now, in terms of me realizing I had an eating disorder, I did have binging periods in this five month period, but it was so irregular. And like, I would binge maybe once a month. I was regulating my emotions in a different way. I was regulating at the time in terms of restriction and just in this complete drive mode. And then it would be times like Halloween party or my birthday or any sort of 
social event with my friends that I had to eat a little bit more, I would then go home and eat everything or eat everything at the party or go home with them and order Domino's and eat more than I would ever eat. And it was that binging eating in terms of eating way past fullness, eating way too quickly, trying to get in as much food, thinking that, oh, tomorrow you're not having any of this food for a very long time. That was the mindset. It was until, well, Christmas Eve, that was my first time that I had experienced purging, so bulimia. And I would never purge when I had an empty stomach or just a little bit of food. It would only be after a binge. But those binges were triggered by me thinking that I'd eaten more than I was allowed. And back then, I was only allowed in my head a little amount of food, each meal, each snack. So if I had eaten any more than the amount that I perceived that was okay, I would turn it into a binge to eat as much food as possible to the point where I literally felt sick, like food was coming up, go to the toilet and throw it all up. That happened Christmas Eve. I then didn't do it for a week until New Year's. Yeah, so again, it was these two high pressure events, Christmas, New Year's. When I purged on Christmas Eve, I told myself, oh my gosh, Anna, you can't do this again because if you do this again, you've got an eating disorder. Like you did it once, it's a mistake. If you don't throw up again, you don't have a eating disorder. So again, it's that mindset of like, you have to have these certain really destructive behaviors in order to be classified to be struggling with an eating disorder. And no, you don't. By the way, I do have an in-detail YouTube video of my mental health journey, which goes into the timeline of all this stuff, which is why I'm trying not to go too much into the timeline of like events that happened because I have already explained it all and I want to go more into the feelings and thoughts of everything. But the moment that I realized I had an eating disorder for me was when I was purging every day from New Year's. And it, then it came to a point of more than once a day, it was twice a day, it was three times a day. And I let myself do that I think for about a month, I've said this before, I think my life's on turbo speed and I, I didn't just slowly go into bulimia. No, like, like it was it was literally, I went so quickly into this and I came so quickly out of it, which I'm so very thankful for, even though it felt like a lifetime while I was in there. And at the end of January, I basically just reached out to Gymshark, reached out to my mom and I said, I'm struggling so much, I need some sort of help. So yeah, that's when I essentially realized I had an eating disorder, when I realized, wow, I can't go... I can't let myself eat like a normal sized meal without feeling guilty, without having to binge and without having to throw up. But if I had the information that I had now and listened to people that said, well, you know, you're not supposed to feel guilty after eating like more than eight rolls of sushi. You know, you're not supposed to feel guilty by eating a bowl of pasta. If people had told me that, and like, it was really drilled into me. Like, I think anyone who is listening to this podcast or been on my channel, I think you will be very aware of whether or not you are struggling or not. Going on to extreme hunger, for anyone who doesn't know, is this part where whether or not you're in recovery or not, or whether you've accepted or not, I think is a better way to say it, but it's like you've never been fed before. I was generally eating like three breakfasts, three lunches, three dinners. I could eat like something that I had feared for so long, like a big burger and chips, and I would feel hungry straight after it. And I'd be so confused. So I was like, you're kidding, right? I'm giving you what you want and you're still hungry. It was it was that kind of like frustration of like, why has this happened to me? Like I'm feeding myself right, but I'm still hungry. And there was a few things that helped me. And one of those things was saying, Anna, you have restricted your body for so long, mentally and physically. So whether that's physically for six months or mentally for a year of like, you're not allowed to eat certain foods or whatever, your body 
is starving and it is gonna eat. So if you let it eat without, let's say, too much guilt, I know it's hard to say don't eat without any guilt, but if you try lower that guilt as much as possible, you will come in and out of it quicker than if you try and control it. I, I really let myself go all in. I watched a lot of videos about all in recovery because that was the support I needed. I had, I had not a crazy amount of eating disorder support in terms of how to eat, what to eat, but I researched all in recovery and that's what I did. I'm not gonna say that's the best thing. I'm not gonna say that's the worst thing, but it's just what I did. I came to a point where my hunger signals were coming back in. A great quote I like is, if you don't listen to your body's hunger signals, it's not gonna listen to your fullness signals. So, you know, if, if you keep ignoring when you're hungry and you're like, oh no, I'll delay my eating, there will be a point where your body won't tell you when it's full. When you're in this phase of extreme hunger, I would just be so kind to yourself. So, so kind to yourself. The less harsh words you can say to yourself or about your body, the better. Cover up, put those big hoodies on, give yourself some just distance between you and your body at that time and just know it's something that maybe you physically have to do. Like the worst thing you can do is say, no, I'm not gonna let yourself eat right now. You know, let your body know that you are there for it and that when it's hungry, when it's calling for something, you're gonna eat. Again, I've seen things before where it's also like, you shouldn't let yourself just wear baggy hoodies and whatever, but like, it's just something that helps me. If I'm having a bad body image day, and I know when I am, and I still get them sometimes, I will walk past my mirror and every time I walk past it, every mirror, I will look at myself. If that's a reflection on the window, if that's anything, just to almost check that my body's okay. And when it's a bad body image day, oh my gosh, am I seeing some sort of humongous hippo? Th there was a period where I was like, no, Anna, you must face it and you must love yourself or you must know that it's okay or whatever. I've actually just come to a point where like, no, I'm gonna put on a hoodie because I know tomorrow I'm gonna be fine, but today is just a bad image day. So I'm gonna put on my hoodie and I'm gonna kind of get on with my day or be there for myself. Actually, I'm gonna go into another thing. And that is knowing that when you're having a bad body image day, it is emotion that is coming up. Let's say tomorrow I had a bad body image day. I would firstly just really tell myself off if I looked in any mirrors and I would literally be like, Anna, look forward. Don't look there. So I'd stop myself looking in the mirrors because it's just feeding that cycle. I would put on clothes that I felt really comfortable in, like really comfortable in. And then the most important part is I will reflect on what has triggered me to feel like this. What is going on in my day-to-day, -day, in my week, in my month that is putting so much pressure on myself that I suddenly don't feel good enough? Because it's all to do with your emotions. And that is why I don't get too torn over. Oh my gosh, Hannah, you're having bad body image day, so you must be like still not recovered. No, it's just my mind's way of flagging things up to me. Everyone struggles in different ways. So whether that's an alcohol issue or a nicotine issue or anything, that needing to reach for something or that needing to critique your body or put yourself down, it's all just, oh, something else is going on right now. So in terms of like, do you think you've recovered? It's like, I will proudly say that I still have bad body image days and there are days where I'm crying over my body. However, it's just a matter of time until whether that's hours or like the day later, do I realize, ah, I was just so stressed out about work. I was just so stressed out about the comment that my friend said to me or not necessarily about my body, it could be anything or, oh my gosh, like I've agreed to do something and I don't actually wanna do it. That's all it is, all the time. It's never physically about how my body is because there are days when my body looks physically the exact same and I'm feeling great, right? I wanna talk about binge eating and how did I get out of the binge eating cycle? I would say there's two categories of binge eating. 
there is the restriction and then there is emotional regulation. In terms of restriction, there could be mental and physical restriction. So in terms of mental restriction, you could eat a burger physically, right? But mentally you are telling yourself that you should feel guilty, that you can't have this. That's the mental restriction being like, oh my God, no, this is bad. Or I can't do this. Or if I've done this, I feel guilty. Then there's the physical restriction of you have physically not fed your body enough. So at night you are going to want to eat the whole kitchen because you have like physically not let yourself eat certain foods. I remember in Aruba, I would, you know, a massive no food was like peanut butter, nuts, anything like that. And when I was in my stage of Aruba, it was a mix of emotional regulation and a mix of restriction. Obviously I was in deep restriction. When I would have my binges literally three times a day, I would go to the peanut butter jar and just eat spoonfuls of it, like forcing it down my throat. And that is because I'd said no to it for so long, especially if you're in this physical restriction of eating like so many low calorie foods for so long. And, and just in this cycle, your body is craving the highest calorie food, the sugariest food possible, because that is what your body, your body literally knows. There's a reason why in a binge, you're not going for the cucumber and the lettuce and that you're going for the peanut butter, the cake and the chocolate is because your body knows it's high calorie and you need it. So that is a great sign Ah, I need to be feeding myself more in the day. As soon as you start eating more, you know, fats in your diet and carbohydrates, you will physically have less of a need to binge. But then obviously you've got the mental restriction. So even if you are physically having that, are you letting yourself have it? Are you mentally letting yourself eat it with ease, mentally? And then coming on to the emotional regulation side, I would say, depending on your upbringing, I'm not sure, I'd say this is my story. Everything is my story in this. Like, So I, I'm not gonna say I know everything, but food would make me feel better. So the, whether that's like, oh, you've had a bad day, let's go get some ice cream. And um, let's say when I was a teenager and I was having a really bad day at school and I felt really upset. I would just take myself off to the shops, buy cookies, chocolate sweets, go home, eat at my bed, all the way up until the nighttime to make myself feel better. That was the emotional regulating side. That came in very much, you know, it wasn't just restriction that I was going through when I was binging, it was that emotional regulation. During that, you know, the bulimia stage, I'd say the month of January where I was throwing up all the time and whatnot and binging, some days was restriction, other times were I was so triggered by things or I felt so emotionally down that the only way that I knew to regulate myself and regulate means make yourself feel safe. Other forms of regulation is family and friends. So when your mom gives you a hug, when your friend gives you a hug, when you hug your boyfriend, you are regulating each other. It's a normal thing to be regulated. It's a good thing to be regulated. There's ways of like regulating your body through, you know, going on a walk outside with some sunshine. Everyone has different ways of regulation. There's almost like good ways of regulation. And then there's, I'd say unhealthy ways of regulation. Notice how you're regulating yourself. When you feel stressed, do you go for the cigarette? Do you pick up your nicotine vape? Um, yeah, that's these nicotine vapes that everyone has. Um, they're a form of regulation. When you feel really stressed or you feel something tingle, Let's breathe something in to push something down. It's kind of what it is. Same with food. You're kind of, oh, I don't want this emotion to come up, so I'm gonna eat something to push it down. Same with alcohol. Everyone has different modes of regulation. Other modes of regulation is like watching a movie, making yourself feel calm. Obviously, you want a mixture. You don't always wanna just turn to TV and movie and Netflix to make yourself feel calmer, but sometimes, you know, my therapist would be like, Anna, you've had such a hard day, put yourself in front of the sofa and just relax. So that's kind of just going into what regulation is. And 
even the act of purging would regulate myself in terms of I felt so numbed out afterwards it was like a high after I had thrown up like successfully done it because it was really hard for me to be honest and there were times there would be like now and then when times were unsuccessful and I would just have a crippling amount of guilt and like a big stone was dropped on me I feel I could I can feel the emotion now in my chest when I was unsuccessful in throwing up the binge that I just had because in my head I couldn't understand like what am I going to do I've eaten more food than I allowed myself but I only ate that food in the first place because I thought I was going to throw it up so how did I actually get out of that cycle I, I kind of went at all three directions one I stopped physically restricting myself so for example if I went on a walk with my mum you know in terms of my recovery period and we went to a cafe I would get the hot chocolate and I would get a cake to tell myself you can have this because I wanted it anyways so I knew if I said no to myself in those situations that I would be turning down I would be restricting myself it's almost like at every opportunity you have to prove to yourself that you are not restricting do it if someone offers you something be like yeah I'd love to have that okay yeah cool 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 and at home I would let my mum cook my meals for me I gave that responsibility to her I was literally 19 years old I can cook my own meals but I gave that responsibility to her I was like letting them make roast potatoes with olive oil and everything that would like originally I would never let them do I kind of gave them the permission to do that then in terms of mental restriction, I did a lot of positive affirmations while I was eating. Like while I was eating a bowl of pasta, I would repeat to myself, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay. Um, just a lot of like those positive affirmations, just like telling myself it's okay. And then in terms of emotional regulation, the way that I approached this was therapy. I really wanna urge people to find a therapist, but uh, it's really, really hard because it's money especially when you don't have money, it is hard. I was so lucky at this point that I had money and I almost, going into a little sub topic here, I hope I remember what I'm talking about. When I was thrown into this social media thing, by the month of October, I was earning more money than I had ever seen. October, November, December, January. January actually on book was my highest paying month of my whole year and that was the month that I was struggling so much. Like I've just told you, I was throwing up three times a day and I was earning more money than people earn in a year. And I was like, how is this happening? Like I could not put it together. And then when I was going into this therapy period, it almost clicked me. I was like, wow, maybe it's because of the amount of money I have to put into therapy. Like I paid for like three therapy sessions a week and my therapists were quite expensive. So I was willing to dish out the money because it's an absolute investment in yourself and I would actually say before you have a midlife crisis or whatever or go into a eating disorder or a depression or anxiety or whatever even if you don't quote unquote struggle with these things get yourself into some therapy because we all have some issues and it's so much better to do preventative therapy than after something's happened. So for me, I've made it a rule to myself that I will continue therapy. You know, there might be points where I come off it for a couple of months, but I will always want therapy throughout my life because I think there's always things to think about and I would so much rather process things in therapy than not process them and then have events in my life that I don't understand what is going on or 
get into more deep-rooted situations. So yeah, talking about therapy and emotional regulation, I was talking through a lot of my feelings. So that is a form of regulation, talking about your feelings. And also the therapist that I had, um, I am actually just going to give you out my therapist right now if you are in search. MCM Therapies. I follow them on Instagram. I say them. It's a lady called Cara. She's absolutely lovely I have no idea whether she's fully booked or not but something along that line they're actually energy healers I had two Simon and Cara Simon has his own account um, and you'll probably find that on mine as well but Simon and Cara were these energy healers and therapists I would generally try go for energy healers that's actually my advice and for so long I kept that back from my page because I was like no it's not my place to say like where to get your therapy from or whatever but this podcast is saying what I've been through and the advice that I'm giving. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's the best thing possible, but it was the best thing possible for me. And it really does open you up. Like they have so much wisdom, which is where my wisdom comes from as well. A lot of the things that I say on here is because a year ago they said these things to me once and they just stuck with me. I was so naive then and I would go to them and be like, oh, but like I binge because like I had too much chocolate and, and, and I wasn't allowed to. And that's why I binge. And they were like, no like and they would explain everything in so much detail and why I did that and I was like oh so they made me understand myself that's what I think therapy does it makes you understand yourself and then along with that the energy healing is genuinely you as a person have energies and auras and whatever it's basically very good for people that have gone through a lot of trauma MCM therapies Kara, she is like specialized in trauma healing so that's what I have along with the therapy, they taught me ways to regulate myself when I didn't have therapy, which is very key because you cannot just rely on therapy because it's not always there. You know, you could have a breakdown on Tuesday and you've got therapy on a Saturday. What are you going to do? This is how I got out of the binging cycle was noticing. So for example, when I was in recovery, I was in this little mini cabin in the middle of like fields on a river. It was the most calmest place ever. And then suddenly I would have a trigger to binge and at this point because I was essentially eating everything I was wanting to eat I would have random urges to binge in terms of feeling emotionally unstable so at the time I would literally get these biological signals to go to the cupboard and eat something and I would be so stuck and I'd be like oh my gosh why am I doing this when I would get this trigger sit with myself for literally 30 seconds and be like what is going on what are you feeling and I would take out my journal and I would write everything that I'm feeling just noticing that when I had the urge to binge it was because I was emotional if you are listening to this and you're saying to yourself oh yeah I just need emotional regulation if you are still physically restricting yourself it's not going to work you need a balance of all these three mental physical restriction and then the emotional regulation now examples of emotional regulation so these were things that I would do in these times of feeling upset, doing deep breaths, like doing long exhales are so beneficial. I do this all the time just to regulate myself. You can almost make a list of things that feel safe to you. I remember my therapist being like, physically get a piece of paper and write a list. So when you do feel so low, you can go to this list. And it would be things like take a bath, take a shower, do your skincare, wash your hair, watch a movie. It would be like, go physically hug someone in your house, be regulated by that person. And I'm not saying it's this easy because there was definitely times more at the beginning of my recovery where I'd have these massive urges to binge and I just could not help myself. And yeah, if you do binge, the best thing you can do is just be kind to yourself afterwards, which is really hard. But after my binge or whatever, the next day I would just make sure like, this is no time for restriction. Next question is a deep and juicy one. 
how do you know you've actually healed your eating disorder? My answer to this is, as I mentioned previously, about knowing that when you have a bad body image day, it's not the fact that I've still got an eating disorder, it's the fact that, that I am emotionally going through things and that my body is deciding to pick on my body. That's all it is. So for me, it's a sign. So I wouldn't say that me having bad body image days means that I'm still struggling with my eating disorder. Because for me, I get in and out of it very quickly now. Next thing is knowing that I don't do the same behaviors. Physically not doing the same behaviors. I cook with plenty of olive oil. I can't go a meal without carbohydrates now. Like I generally feel restricted if I don't have a meal with carbohydrates. Healthy fats are not a fear anymore. In fact, I literally love them. I love my avocados. I love my peanut butter. In fact, I finished so many jars of peanut butter the other day. I was actually so happy with myself. And I was like, wow, 19 year old Anna couldn't even have a tablespoon of peanut butter. And now you're casually just finishing off jars. Like that is great. So it's little things like that, knowing that, wow, I didn't do that before. It's knowing that I haven't binged in literally, ooh, I think I binged once last summer. So about nine months ago, I did one binge and then like a couple in recovery. But yeah, knowing that I don't binge. And, and the reason why I don't binge is because I know truthfully to myself when I'm restricting myself and when I restrict myself, that is what happens. So I, I don't tell myself this anymore because it's so natural now. Like binging is not even part of my lifestyle at all. It's not a question, there's no urges, there's no there's no nothing. So that sheds a little bit of light. And if I had heard that earlier in my year, I would have really appreciated it because I needed it then. But there is, yeah, actually that's giving me confidence right now. Like I know I've healed lots of parts of me because even if I do eat a lot of food in one period, whether I'm drunk, whether I just want a lot of food, whether I'm on my period and I'm craving every single thing, whether I eat a whole pizza and another dinner and dessert, it's not a binge. It's just me eating what I wanna eat. If I wanna eat loads of chocolate and pizza one day, that's not a binge because I don't see those foods as bad anymore. I know what is bad is thinking those foods are bad. So I guess that's what used to tip me off, eating more than I thought I was allowed and then that would cause a binge. Now it's like, there is no restriction on what you're allowed to eat. If you want to feel full, feel full. I don't mind. If you want to eat two chocolate bars, three chocolate bars, you can do that. Another thing is letting myself eat a little bit every day of the things that I used to never let myself eat. So having a little bit of chocolate each day, having pasta, having bread every day, things like that reminds me that I'm not restricting anymore. And then there's the parts that you don't necessarily see like in terms of, oh, she's you know, not dieting anymore, whatever. It's the other behaviors. For example, I used to really diet before an event, whether that was a fitness event, whether that was a modeling thing. Well, I didn't model, but like, let's say when I went to the Gymshark HQ to get content, I used to think that I would have to really diet down and look like my leanest for then. Whether that was a party, a social gathering, that would trigger me a holiday. Oh my gosh, a holiday. That would really trigger me to diet and lose weight. And one by one, I've been able to conquer those things. For example, the last six months, I've been able to go to events now without having to diet before. And in two days time, I'm about to go to a holiday in Barcelona and be in a bikini. I have not been on a holiday since the summer, but the summer was actually a different period and I can maybe go, shall I open up that right now? Now, summer was another situation. The summer of like me being in recovery or not necessarily in recovery because I kind of came out of it then in terms of isolating myself and, and just focusing on food and whatever. I was out, I was on holidays. I am gonna do that 
in another episode because I actually want to be so honest about what's actually going on there. But I don't have enough time to talk about it today. So that can be maybe next episode. In terms of this holiday I have in two days and knowing that I have healed a lot more than where I was last time, it's two days before and I have not come close to cutting out my carbs, cutting out foods, cutting out meals, trying to lose weight, like no. And I'm gonna go on holiday with, you know, there's no getting into a summer body now, getting a bikini body, like this is it. I'm not changing anything. So it's things like this that confirm to me that I'm doing better. I am running out of time, but there's a few other things that I wanna cover. I got a question saying, how do you get over feeling your prettiest when you're at your skinniest? This is a very honest thing to admit and it's a hard one. And I think what I would say and what I feel, because there is, you know, your face gets slimmer and you feel that you're prettier then. One thing is knowing that when you are actually in that position, you don't feel good enough at all. In fact, you're in your worst mental state. Let's say you are physically looking better, but if you don't feel it, and if you are so blind to it, what is the actual point? Like, what is the actual point? I remember last summer, yeah, maybe I, you know, looked my best in my face, well I didn't, like I was malnourished, so I can't say I looked my best, but my brain, my mind was in such a different place. At that time, I had no recollection of what I looked like. My body image was so distorted. So it was only after a couple of months when I was in recovery, I was looking back and I was like, oh my gosh, I was so pretty and I was so whatever. But to try go back there again, doesn't make sense because when you were there, you didn't appreciate it, right? And then also knowing that you can look hot as after. You can look so good afterwards. And this is something that took me a while and it was like, start wearing the clothes that look good on you. For me, like, I'm not gonna force myself get into clothes that, you know, look good on skinny people or whatever. Like, I wanna wear the clothes I wanna wear. I buy extra large cargo trousers and extra large jeans so that they just like have like a baggy look to them and that's my style. And I like a cute little top with a baggy hoodie. Like that is just my style. I like my hair back or sometimes down and wavy. I put my hoops in, I put my earrings in, I put my rings on. I do all these little things. I like to have a tan. I like to, you know, my freckles come out in the summer. All these little things make me feel hot and make me feel like, wow, yeah, this is me. I'm just, I'm not changing my physical body like in order to feel good. I'm just like, you know, dressing up. But yeah, I kind of rambled on then. But the last question that I wanna go on to is where can you see your future self taking you to? And I loved this question. And I see myself helping others. I want to get my experiences and advice out there as much as I can because I just know that I've got a little bit more in common to you than the 30 year old telling you how to live your life. Like I'm 20, like we're in the same boat here, whether you're 16, whether you're 25, however old you are, whether you're a guy, whether you're a girl, just being that little bit more authentic and realistic. I wanna go to schools and talk to children that you shouldn't die. I want to be on other people's podcasts, like explaining my story, like that is genuinely my vision. And if you had asked me a month ago, I would have said to make half a million pounds this year. I genuinely said on my YouTube vlog the other month, like, I wanna be this, I wanna be, I wanna make this much money, I wanna do this. I was in a distracted state back then and and my goals weren't aligned, but the last couple of, I would say, I would say the last month, and I changed very quickly, so I'm always having life reevaluations. But I feel so much more aligned and 
And since starting this podcast, it has helped me tremendously because I've realized where my passion is. So I am actually so thankful for this podcast because it's reminded me of why I'm doing everything. So where do I see my future self? I still see myself on social media in terms of posting stuff, but I don't want to just live my life in that influencer way for the next however many years, posting for Instagram, getting paid for brand deals. Like that's not what I want to do. I want to share. I used to have this obsession of like, I need to grow my platform. I need to become this bigger person, but I don't because that was me wanting validation. Now that I'm a little bit more concrete in who I am and what I want to do, I don't need to grow a mass amount just for the fact that I want to be known more. I want to reach people to just individually help them in a non-egotistical way. I don't want to do this in a way of like having to grow big. I want to help a person, whether that's one person, whether that's a thousand people. Obviously, if I can help more people, the better. If I can ignite a fire of motivation and inspiration within someone, then I am, my, my day has been made. And I just know the feeling of when I listen to a good podcast and how it restarts and resets my week and my thinking and my thought processes of it. So if I can be that someone to someone else, then that is fulfilling for me and makes me feel purposeful. Wow, that was a, a lot. I have run over, so I hope the podcast people don't tell me off, but I thoroughly enjoyed this podcast and I felt so much more relaxed than my last podcast. I think a couple of things. I've got some natural light coming in today, so I feel a bit more aligned. I feel calmer. I think having the questions helped. I'm hoping you have a wonderful day and I hope this has helped you. I am very grateful for any reviews on the podcast, just again, so that it only pushes it to help more people, to individually help more people. I'm sending lots of love to everyone right now. I also have a podcast Instagram which I do a lot of updates. I do a lot of posts. I go into more detail about things. It's a great little community we're building there. So that is just called Inside Anna's Mind Podcast. And yeah, I hope you enjoyed me sharing what was inside Anna's mind today. I hope you have a wonderful day and I will see you guys next week.